Oh, it's lit. <laughs> we prime time. <laughs> Subscribe, like, and share. <laughs> Give us your feedback. Yo, I'm Manny at the plate and Kobe off of steel. Rescue for the goal and Brady at the wheel. I'm a game changer. The Osaka of the tennis and breaking scoreboard. Simone of the Olympics. Defense and big business. The Mayweather who way better. From the greatness of Jim Brown, I bend down. Talk of sports before I was off the porch. Screaming bow nose while Jordan was playing horse. Late 80s getting torched by the drive in the shot. 2016 got a ring off the three in the block. They ease to forgot. The cardiac kids, Price and Doherty. Bail in the Indian years. This who it is. Your host D Train, yo, that's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. Yo, your host D Train, that's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. What's really good, man? D Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports, you feel me? I'm down here in the jungle. You know what I'm saying? What's up with y'all, man? Um, you know what we do here on, on Game Changer Sports Talk. We talk our shit. Alright? And we, we talk about Cleveland Sports. And ain't it crazy how y'all gotta excuse me, man. Like I said, I'm in the middle of the jungle, man. This shit like way bugging me. Anyway. Ain't it crazy how Cleveland sports teams have a reason to be happy? The Browns have a full team plus a legitimate top-tier quarterback, and they have multiple draft picks and only a couple holes to fill to really complete and make them a really dominant team. And that's crazy. Um, the Cavaliers, all right, are one win away from being in a first-round playoff matchup in a first year with a talented roster. The Cleveland Guardians are on a winning streak after we got, what, the third lowest payroll in the league? And we had to fight and claw just to keep our good starters? Listen. But you got to shout out Tito, man. If y'all know anything about Terry Francona and the way he built up that Red Sox squad and I did it from, from, from within and all that other extra shit, you really would really be surprised about what's going on out here. You feel what I'm saying? But, um, you know, I don't need dipping in for a short minute because, you know, on top of all that good stuff that I'm talking about, all right, we got a dilemma. Um, our dilemma is we got a former quarterback that don't know how to keep his mouth shut. Well, I'm just going to say it plain and clear. He don't know how to keep his mouth shut, dog. You feel me? Dude, it's a million things to talk about and a million ways to promote yourself, knowing for a fact, and you openly admitted that you know. You don't got no job right now, Craig. You don't know who going to want to play with you right now, Craig. You don't know none of that. So why? Please, please tell me why. Why are you saying anything about the Browns in any interview that doesn't make you seem like you're above the situation? I'm just trying to help you out, bro, because I think it's awfully crazy how last year I said, Baker's immature. Baker can't read defenses. Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry are probably looking 
to get their own quarterback because as a first-time head coach and a first-time uh, general manager, you, they're not about to bet their tenure on Baker Mayfield. But when I said that, I know what the fuck I was talking about. Oh, I was crazy. Oh, people was looking at me. And this would make D-Trent so special and so raw when it comes to sports shit. Because a lot of people look at the antics and all the extra everyday ongoing shit. And don't get me wrong, that's important. But when you understand and truly thoroughly comprehend how something works, how it should work, or the different variations of ways that you could use it to make it work in a positive way, you can go out to them and say shit that people don't really think about because y'all ain't really thinking about it. You're not really looking at the long term, you know what I'm saying, of the situation. You're just looking at what's going on right now, all right? Baker got into it with everybody. And even now, in this situation, right now, Baker, come on, y'all. Baker does not even want to take responsibility for his part in what's going on, all right? Nobody, anybody with any comprehension is not tripping that Baker said he's trying to disrespect. Where we differ is why you felt disrespected. I would have felt disrespected if, well, I would understand him being disrespected if he didn't know what was going on at all. And I think the part of him that feels disrespected is a natural part. You're a number one first overall pick. You wanted to renegotiate a contract at a certain price that the team did not feel you was worth. You proceeded to have a season and circumstances that you had. And instead of being gave the benefit of the doubt, they just totally moved in the next direction. If that's why you feel some type of way, that's perfectly fine. But that's not a fault to the Cleveland Browns. That is all on you. All right? And why is that all on Baker? Because, Baker, you can't say they, com they completely did one thing they said one thing and did another. You ambushed and sabotaged the season. This is what people don't want to admit. You purposely sabotaged the season, Baker. Yes, you did. How did he purposely sabotage the season? Baker got injured to his own admittance in week two. We all see it, right? Baker got injured because of his own decision-making. On the past and on a decision to try and tackle a defender. Then was all Baker decisions. Baker came out publicly after multiple weeks of playing bad and said it's his decision to sit. Even after Kevin Stefanski tried to encourage him to sit. You went and got a second opinion so you could try to dodge a loophole in the CBA that doesn't allow a coach to sit you if you're not in agreement to being sat because of injury. Basically saying, if I say you injured, but you're not really injured, and you contest that, there's nothing the coach can do. He has to play. Especially when you're the number one overall pick and you've been on the team longer than that. But, bro, it's 17 weeks last season. 
you play bad for 15 weeks. Even, I'll say, you play bad at least 12 of those weeks. I'm going to give you, nope. I can't even give you 12 because you ain't even played a whole 15. You play like 12. You miss like three games. The 12 games you did play, you got six wins. Well, technically, you play like 14 games. So 14, because you got hurt week two, you played them two games. Y'all went one and one then. So you went six, seven to seven? You went seven to seven. You're an average quarterback. This is kind of the whole gist of the whole rant. Like, bro, you're an average quarterback. And instead of being accountable, and just solely being accountable for what you did to contribute to the outcome. So another team can look at you and say, he's really mature. You know what? He really deserves a shot. You shot yourself in the foot again. And then you got to talk about real Cleveland fans and real. Bro, you not even a real Clevelander. How you going to tell somebody what a real Cleveland is? You don't even know. Most of the people that follow you ain't even real Clevelanders. Let's just be like, we got to be realistic about these things and what's going on. All right. So I, I'm saying all that. Let me, let me, so I don't lose nobody. Okay. I didn't disagree with him feeling disrespected. I feel, I disagree with why he's dis feeling disrespected. I also disagree with the notion and I didn't like the fact that he still showed no accountability, none whatsoever, none. None. Come on, bro. Nobody's gonna pay that type of that type of character forty million dollars to lead their franchise. And this is where this sense of entitlement you have, this whole sense of, you know, I deserve it, it's mine, I got it, all that, like that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? How how could you even get to this conclusion? How did how did we get here? How do we get here, bro? This makes no sense. You know what I'm saying? So, Baker is going to find himself job. The reason, if this becomes the result, that the Browns cannot trade Baker, is going to all be because of Baker. The Browns out here, they talking down on Baker. The only thing that got leaked, That was very detrimental and was probably the, the, the cheapest shot was the leak about they wanted an adult in the room. But, bro, I can't even get mad about that leak coming out and being publicized when you act the way you act following when that came out. You didn't drop a letter. You didn't have a couple tweets. You didn't did a podcast. Your wife speaking out. This is all all because I mean, you even took a shot at Deshaun Watson. Oh, you wanted a dog in the room and it's the guy you go get. Are you fucking serious? Like, I, 
y'all really supported this man? Like, I, I, I have no understanding. It's, it's, but anyway, you know, it's draft time. We about 10, 12 days away from the draft. It's about to get nice and spicy. This whole football offseason has been spicy. Damn near for every team. Like, if we just look at the whole landscape, bro, every, at least one team in every division, if not two to three teams in every division, and hit the spotlight something. Whether it's via trade, being involved in a trade, or acquisition. I mean, Brad, is listen. This goes to say this is why football is the number one sport. You get a high, high, high quality action and and, and uh, physical contact. You get a lot of drama. You get the mental games, the the verbal games, the the visual games. I mean, the NFL is a whole spectacle, bro. It's the gift and the curse. Bro. The reason why you like it is the same reason. It's crazy how that works, right? But the Browns right now, um, let me hit on something about this draft. And I've been pondering this for a little minute. So let me express this to you all. Um, and I will not, I will give credit. Um, even though I've just been kind of just having a conversation to myself, I did hear. Uh, I think I was watching uh, Cleveland.com. They they do two things uh, with the host and another guy on there. I don't know y'all names. I don't mean no disrespect. It's just not coming to me right now. But uh, and you know the thought was brought up like, do the Browns view Donovan Peoples Jones as the number two receiver? And to be honest, that's you know first off I want to apologize to Donovan Peoples Jones. Because that should have kind of been a consensus when we got Amari Cooper and did make no other receiver moves but Jakeem Grant. We all understand that Jakeem Grant was specifically brought for a special team, but he can play in a receiver role and do some that. So what we lost with OBJ and uh, and Jarvis Landry in those type of plays, uh, we can still do with Jakeem Grant. I don't know if he could throw the ball. But, you know, and then he's still kind of like an a, a, a example for uh, Anthony Schwartz and uh, uh, Dimitri Felt. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones could legitimately be the number two. And that's not a bad thing. Now, what I will say is if Donovan Peoples-Jones is your number two, I'm highly questioning uh, Anthony Schwartz as your number three. However, I don't highly question it with emphasis. I highly question it with a lot of curiosity. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you really content with Jakeem Grant and Anthony Schwartz being your sole number three and number four receivers? I just don't I, don't, I don't see a world where that would be what they do. 
But Donovan Peoples Jones is number two. I mean, just take it like this, right? Donovan Jones, Donovan Peoples Jones got everything that we woke up we're looking for in the number two. He has six two height. He got like a six four, six five wingspan. All right. He he runs like a four four. He has like a 37, 40 foot vertical. He has very decent hands. He can't get behind the defense. He can't catch the ball. Like, I mean, Donovan Peoples Jones is the number two receiver. It's not a bad thing. Especially when you have the running back game that the Browns have. And see, when you got a real quarterback and a real running game, your receivers don't have to be top-notch. They just have to have a specific role. Amari Cooper is a tactician, which means he's always going to run his routes the way he's supposed to, which is always going to be a threat to the defense because not every defense is going to have the best receiver, their best corner to check him every play. Your number two receiver, if your number one is a tactician, your number two has to be explosive. Amari Cooper can make run at the catch, but Donovan Peoples Jones could definitely run at the catch. Now he may not be the end around guy, but if he get it and he get an open field, he a prop. He a big boy to big down. He got some shifty moves. He has a long stride. You know, so what he missing is opportunities to really show that up. Um, and I don't, you know. Being that we don't have a first-round pick or a third-round pick, I think that is. I think. Or no, we got third. The 44, 78, 99. Yeah, we got third. But we had two fours. I think we turned around. So, with that being said, I can see them not going for the season. I actually can see them going for the best player on the board at 44. If they stay at home. Because that defensive tackle has to be the number one player. It's either defensive tackle or linebacker. Um or middle linebacker. And I and I, I just want to stress to see y'all so well, okay? When you have pass rushers that are effective like the way the Browns pass rushers are, and you have cornerbacks who are versatile, young and young, like the way the Browns have, you have to shore up the middle of the defense. A team has, an opposing offense has to know that we have no chance of stopping them, of, of breaking through this defense through the middle. That forces them to have to play outside and to have to play over top. That's what you want. That is the that front seven. That's why a, a front seven is so vital. Because if you can only go outside and play over top, I can corner. When I can counteract that with a high potency offense. Especially one that's got a great quarterback and a significantly dominant running game, bro. That's virtually unbeatable. Any football guru will tell you, bro. That 
that's damn near unbeatable. That's hard. You're praying for mistakes. You're praying for guys missing line up, missing the lineup that day. Because that type of well-oiled machine could dominate for years. Years. Which is, I feel like, was the whole game plan in a nutshell for Andy Red. They trying to be competing for championships for the next decade. They want to be able to keep their players and grow their system right now. Because when this first set of players go to retirement, you want to be able to say, damn, bro, LeBron's really keeping their stars for their whole career now. People are being proud of being drafted. You know what I'm saying? Um, but defensive, Donovan Peoples Jones could surely be the number two receiver. And I don't think a lot of people will have a gripe with that. Um, but they would have a gripe with Anthony Schwartz being the number three receiver. Uh, with that being said, uh, as I was going through the draft, there was a guy from South Alabama, I think he was, or something like that. Uh, Tobert, or no. Yeah, is that, or was it the guy? Is he the him? Or the guy that played opposite of Traylon, but trying to train on her. And then it's Justin Ross. So, I ain't gonna lie to you. I like Justin Ross, bro. In my world, for this draft, the Browns find a way to draft Troy Davis. That is my ideal pick for the Browns in this draft. As a first round of guys, is defensive tackle Troy Davis. If the Browns could manage your way, to get him without giving up any play, that would be fine. I mean, I'm just thinking, if the New York Giants said, you know what, bro, we don't really want all these picks. We want them on back. Add some picks for later on. And the Browns did some shit like, bro, I need you my second this year and my second next year if you go in and let me get that seventh and fifth pick. Now, they may have to sweep the pot. Maybe throw in the third the following year. You know what I'm saying? But for the Browns, that's okay. And why that's okay? Because we have a good scouting team. And we do good with undrafted free agents. There's always got hidden free agents. And right now, we would just be identifying specific talents that fit the system we're running. Because the Baker Mayfield move just lets me know that this culture staff ain't going nowhere, bro. They keeping continuity around the board. Front office, if a front office guy leaves, that's because he got promoted and got his own team. And I think it's going to be the same for the coaching staff. If a guy on the coaching staff leaves, that's because he got a promotion somewhere and got his own and got his own team. So that way, we keep getting compensatory picks. You see what I'm saying? So the Browns ain't really worried about draft picks per se because there are always still ways to acquire young talent to fit your needs, and there's always undrafted guys who go up, who go unnoticed, that can grow in your system, and there's always compensatory picks. And there's multiple ways for you to reclaim draft picks or players from certain draft classes if it don't work out. You know what I'm saying? But right now, they have to worry about 
be in a position to keep their core players and letting that team grow. Bro, the Browns ain't never had uh uh I mean I ain't gonna say never, but it's been a long time since, you know, at least nine starters on offense and nine starters on defense return multiple years and played on the Browns team. Not and they was good in Super Bowl So you know, I can see the Browns definitely mortgage on a few more picks. If I mean I, I'm saying I would, I guess I can see that. I would, I would offer up two seconds and a future third if I can get back in the top ten and get a and get a Jordan Davis because I just feel like he fit. You put him down there. You got Miles on one side. You got David on the other side. It's a wrap. You know what I'm saying? Then now they first pick up against 78. You feel at that shit. Get the receiver. Somebody gonna be right there at 78. It's definitely gonna be a, a nice receiver right there at 78 that you can get, that you feel like can grow and be the number two uh, or be the number three. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that he get at least three years to grow because Amari uh, Cooper gonna be number three because Donovan Jones don't go up for negotiations until after next year, I think. So, this receiver will have to be to come in. I mean, it's, it's definitely possible a guy slips and falls in the draft and it changes the whole draft board for the whole um, or a guy doesn't get drafted with other rookies he's at a certain college and he's going to pick up on the undrafted side. You know, it could be a draft pick that we wanted that got drafted but don't fit this team and later on in all season you know what I'm saying it's multiple ways but the Browns are only a few weeks away you know what I'm saying and it's kind of just the gist of everything I'm saying about the Browns pertaining to the draft they're only a few weeks away from being committed that's a third receiver another receiver whether it be a second receiver or a third receiver uh, a, a, a cornerstone defensive tackle per se and I, I put the per se um, a middle linebacker. Uh, I'm 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 going to stand up. The Browns do not have a legitimate middle linebacker. JOK can play linebacker. Jacob Phillips can play linebacker, middle linebacker. Um, but if you put them two at solely middle linebacker, you limit what they can do for you on the the Browns need a middle linebacker that just knocks the snot out of people. A guy that just shares blocks, manipulates interior defenses, and is a straight wall. That is the guy they need that middle linebacker. You know what I'm saying? He got to be able to nimble. He don't got to be the fastest guy. He got to be fast enough. He don't got to be the quickest guy. He got to be. He got to be quick enough. He definitely got to be very strong and athletic. Will definitely help. Right, but he has to be a wall. He has to be a wall. You know what I'm saying? That forces teams to have to go outside and deal with a, a JJ3, a JOK, a Miles Garrett, a, a Jadavian Clowney, a, a, a Grant Delvin. Ain't no coming in the middle. Because even if you come in the middle and get past that first guy, you still got to deal with a JOK or a Jacob Phillips. That's the guy you run. You you want that guy that's going to help make 
with J.O. Ken, J.O. Ken, to that linebacker for even more hope. You know what I'm saying? Gain guys that's ready to be that guy. Um, having Anthony Walker definitely helps, though, coach on the field. But I don't know. Could he become – Anthony Walker's still young, so he can still become that guy. He could get his weight up this season and, and be even more dominant, and he might turn out to be that guy that's possible. But they need that guy. Uh, and then, you know, I, yeah, I'm going to say for this season, you know, I'm not tripping on a kick. If we can get one, though, that would be fire. Uh, but right now, I feel like the urgency for a defensive tackle, another receiver, and a linebacker is so urgent that all that other stuff only other thing I also want to see them get is draft them another interior offensive lineman um, and maybe another edge rusher. But I don't know, man. If we still bring in Curtis Weaver, because you got to remember the guy still got guys in their system at the moment. So Jackson down there, Curtis Weaver, Ted McKinley could come back. So I'm not stressing about edge, except making sure that Jaden comes back and he's the guy playing opposite side of the here. Then I'm worried about who can I have behind. You know what I'm outside of that, defensive tackle. Taven Bryant, I like a lot. I, I want you I want y'all to know that. I know Taven Bryant, we acquired him. You know what I'm saying? Uh he I, I like him a lot. Um, but you know, I gotta see what he's gonna do. You know, him and Anthony Walker out on that same little path, you know what I'm saying? But I think Taven gonna turn out to be something and end up getting a long term with him. Um, that's just my opinion uh, because he fits exactly what we need. Um, but if we can get two of those, Taylor Bryant, like 6'6", 300, athletic, strong. If we can get two of those down there and have Miles and Damien on the side, it's ugly. Jordan Ellett and Tommy Tokyo are great rotation guys. Uh, we brought back Sheldon Day, I think. I think that I think those three are good rotation guys in the defensive tackle position. I think that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Uh, backup edges. You know what I'm saying? But um, but you know that's my Browns take. We gonna get more into the Browns and stuff, but let's get into the cap. Okay. So this is for all the Marvels Cavaliers. All right, Cavs fans. Uh, they gonna be downtown and uh, tomorrow night in Cleveland. I'm pretty sure the whole city going to show up and show out. You feel it's, it's that time. And, you know, we've been dealing with some bullshit. So I think this is nice that, you know, a game of this magnitude is played in Cleveland. Um, you know, they are up against the odds. And not that they're up against anything outstanding crazy. It's just that. You know, Cleveland Cavs versus Atlanta Hawks to get into the playoffs. The Atlanta Hawks went to the conference finals last year. Trey Young in the playoffs. Trey Young, period, is a dog. But Trey Young in the playoffs is a whole nother beast. You feel what I'm saying? Um, and they've had the Cavs number all year. You know what I'm saying? The Cavs come limping in. I'm, I'm, I'm just about, you know, I don't know yet for confirmation, but I'm just about sure Jared Allen going to play. Um, and he's just now coming back. 
Evan Mobley got to get another game under him, just coming back. Um, LeVert still trying to figure his stuff out. Um, you know, so the Cavs are up against the odds. You know what I'm saying? And none of dominated the season series like 3 1. You feel me? But the Cavs need to play a game at home to go to the show. I mean, to go to the playoff, not to the chip. Listen, they should be really impressed. They play on house money. Nobody even expected them to be, expected them to be here. So it ain't nothing like that. I can understand just as an athlete and just as a person who wants to do well that you feel some type of way that you was number one or two, one or three in the East, and now you're fighting to get in. But you have to keep in mind that you nobody predicts you to be here. You play on house money. You have no reason to hang your head. Y'all been battling injuries all year. Everybody who done played and played to the best of their ability. Yeah, people hit slumps and do that, but y'all done all work through it. Y'all been playing as a team and playing together the whole year. Keep that same energy. Keep that same energy at, at foundation. Keep that same energy. The only thing I feel like I need to see y'all do is make Evan Moby an offensive force. Everybody expecting y'all to pick and roll and, and lie. And, and get y'all open shots and run a transition. A new element has to be added to this team in order to thrive in the playoff atmosphere. We don't have Kyle Saxon. That would be an element that would propel us to all type of uncanny heights, okay? But he's not here. Evan Mobley is not a liability, but he's, he's little. You know what I'm saying? Compared to the type of, you know, for the type of physicality that needs to be played and the intensity that needs to be maintained in the NBA playoff atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? He's still a little blip. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it just is what it is. So Coach JB has to up his play as a coach. It can't be just teaching about, I said this before, I'm going to say this again, it's not about teaching them how to win. I mean, teaching them how to uh, play as a team. He's been teaching them how to play team ball for the last three seasons. Right now, he needs to coach them how to win. Not coaching to play team ball. You need to coach to win. You need to take advantage of mismatches. You need to do things that's unexpected. Like, play winless. This is my formula for the class. You need to find a way throughout the course of the game to maintain a rotation of three scores and two defensive backs. One defensive wing, one defensive center. And and three scores. And you need to just rotate and sub like that. Even if you got to sub out packages, sub in five, sub out five, sub out three, sub in three. It don't matter. It's the playoff. This is about matchup. You need to take advantage of matchup. You need to put uh, Evan Mobley in as many mismatches as possible. All right, and y'all need to start utilizing Kevin Love, uh, uh, Evan Mobley, and Laurie Martin's ability to pass from the high post. This is the type of coaching I need to see JB Bickerstaff implement. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I need to see that. Bro. I need. It. You know what I'm saying? But um, y'all want to cross the ditch on the game right now? I mean, I don't predict the Cavs are You know what I'm saying? And I think 
I said, this so funny. So uh, the day I predicted the, the Nets game would be one on nine, one on four guys. And it ended up being a one fifteen, one eighteen, one fifteen, one oh eight Nets. All right. So I was a little off. But Minnesota and the Clippers ended one on nine, one on four. So I called the right score for the last game. Right, but uh, I think this is gonna come down to defense now. This is gonna come down to defense, even if Trey score, Trey can't pass, they have to cut out all the passing. Um, but I got the I'm gonna go Cavs winning 112, 108. 112, 108, 113, 107, something like that. That's I got the Cavs. You know what I'm saying? I'm always riding with the home team. Um, Trey gonna present problems, but we got Garland. So the same problems Trey gonna bring, Garland gonna bring. The difference is Herder and Hunter both play D and shoot. So it's gonna be up to our wings to be impactful in this game. Okoro has to be some type of impactful or dominant on the offensive end in some type of aspect. Karis LeVert has to be impactful and commanding, not a ball hog, but commanding, respect, respect. The defense has to think about you on the offensive end. Chetty, I'm sure he's going to show up and do his thing, but I need women to play. I need that outside shot. You know what I'm saying? They're going to try to get some type of foul trouble. They're probably going to try to go with Allen because he ain't got his game day coming. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to try a few things, but um, but I need I need my cast to do their thing, bro. But I got them, like I say, man, I got them like 108. I mean, 112, 108, you feel me, Cavs. You know what I'm saying? And that's how we're going to ride out with that, man. But, um. I'm D-Trend, this game changes sports talk. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Like, share, follow, you know what I'm saying? Give us your feedback. Anytime you like, you want to come on here and talk your mess, give your feedback on your team or whatever topics we talk about or bring new topics to the table, always feel free to do that, man. You're always open to come and chime in. So I am D-Trend, this is game changes sports talk on industry sports. We're going to highlight you on later.